الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين فقد قال الله تعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله لا يغير ما بقوم حتى يغير ما بأنفسهم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ليس المؤمن بالطعان ولا اللعان ولا الفاحش ولا البذي صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين My dear respected elders, brothers and friends Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send the Anbiya alayhim as-salam to different nations, to different people over a period of time. And one of the reasons they were sent to these nations and people is that there existed customs and practices amongst them that were irrelevant, that had no basis, that was of no benefit to them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent these Anbiya alayhim salam to inspire, to guide the people to the correct customs or the correct practices. So this happened in the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and today, this month, the 14th of February, commonly referred to as Valentine's Day. We see many businesses, we see institutes, we see some Muslims unfortunately, along with non-Muslims, uh, promoting Valentine's Day through marketing or through other means. It's become necessary for us to understand the roots, the background, of these customs and practices. Unfortunately today it's why I can't do this or why can't I do that. This has become our temperament. And the ulama explained to us, don't do this, don't do that. We ask for a lot of reasons. So it's become necessary for us to explain the reasons as to why such practices are not acceptable in Islam. So if you look briefly at the history of Valentine's Day, there was a Roman emperor and there was a priest. The Roman emperor was driven to wars and he was a very cruel emperor. He would drive his men into various wars without any consideration to their lives. So a time came where the numbers in his army started to reduce and uh, he wanted more men to join his army. So he believed and he felt that uh, marriages and families holding back the men from joining the armies and the war. So he cancelled all marriages and he cancelled all proposals. Everything was invalid, had no weight whatsoever. However, there was a priest and the priest used to conduct these marriages in a cell in secret. And this carried on for a period of time until the soldiers realized uh, that he is conducting marriages in secret. So then uh, they captured him, they threw him in prison, and uh, a judgment was given that he be beheaded. So whilst he was in prison, 
the young people throughout the land would visit him and uh, they would praise him for his efforts uh, of what he did and you know the conducting of the marriages etc and one of the prisoners uh, daughters or rather the jailer's daughters was also visiting him over a period of time she developed a friendship with him and over a period of time they fell in love with each other and on the day of his sentence uh, he was going to be beheaded he wrote a letter to her uh, thanking her for her friendship her loyalty etc signing off uh, your beloved and his name was or one, the part of his name was Valentine from your love Valentine and that is where today this practice of Valentine's Day has come into existence so clearly we can see the roots un-Islamic the roots Christianity the roots something that is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala around that time as well they had a practice where uh, names were put into a box and uh, names of girls, boys would come and take those names out and they would spend time with this woman for a short period of time, for a lengthy period of time. Again, we see this practice of today on Valentine's Day on uh, in regards to exchanging gifts, exchanging uh, flowers, letters, etc. It all stems from this un-Islamic practice which is totally unacceptable in Sharia. So we as businessmen, we as family people, need to understand what we do and why we celebrate. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us Eid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the day of Jumu'ah. These are days of celebration, not these un-Islamic uh, days of celebration. So what has Sharia uh, instructed and advised us to do? When two people uh, uh, you know, find a match, girl and boy, to each other, what do they do? They perform nikah. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam guided us and instructed us also, as to what do you look for when it comes to nikah? Tunkahul maratuli arba. You marry a woman for uh, for one of four things. One is her wealth, her beauty, her status, and lastly, her deen, her religion. Fadfar bidatid deen. Give priority to deen over everything else. In Tabrani, there is a narration that states that if a man marries a woman just for her status, Allah will not increase him except in disgrace. And if a man marries a woman just for her wealth, Allah will not increase him except in poverty. But whoever marries so that he lowers his gaze, he protects his private parts, he marries with the intention uh, to strengthen family bond and relationship, then the barakat for him is what? Allah will make him a means of barakah and blessing for her and make her a blessing uh, for him. So that is uh, sharia, that is Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with this beautiful deen and has given us di direction, has given us focus. Sometimes the devil, shaitan, tries to sway us away from our beautiful principles uh, of deen and sharia. So... When nikah takes place, half the deen is complete. It doesn't mean, uh, you know, you're not going to be tested, you're not going to be tempted. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has informed us. The other half of your deen, you have to strive to complete. So yes, a person who is married, it's easier for him uh, to stay away from zina than a person who is not married. Right? Why? Because half of deen is complete and he has a wife. But now he has to work on the other half. Shaitan will always tempt him and drive him uh, to look at other women, to 
uh, thoughts of engaging in zina, etc. No one is free from that. We see in the Quran Kareem and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about shaitan and how shaitan tempts people, the word zuyin is used. Shaitan glamorizes the whole idea. He makes it beautiful for you. So on one occasion, uh, Jabir radiallahu anhu narrates that Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw a woman, he came home and uh, he fulfilled his desires with his wife. Then he addressed the Sahaba and he said that when a woman enters uh, and she emerges, then she emerges in the surah in the image of shaitan. Image of shaitan. So she comes out in a way where now you are enticed towards sin. What he said, what advice did he give? He says that go back to your wife, fulfill your desires with her, because what this woman has, your wife has. What this woman has, your wife has. That is the direction that Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has given us. Now, practically speaking, this can only happen, and this is only possible when there's open communication between spouses. If there is a lack of understanding, lack of communication between spouses, then this is not going to be practical for you. Just the other day, a brother uh, contacted me and says, Mawlana, give me the hadith that states uh, my rights over my wife in regards to conjugal rights. So the man is focused on his rights over his wife, but no consideration to the fact that, you know what, the wife may not be in a position... Uh, she has some sickness, she has some illness, etc. And sometimes the other way around, some women just make excuses. But look at her, understand her situation. Don't just focus on your rights over her. Because that is not how a marriage is going to be made. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned the objective of marriage. And that is peace and comfort. And when one spouse does not uh, respect uh, the rights of the other, or understands the other spouse, then it disturbs, it disturbs that peace and comfort in marriage. And many a times it leads to the breakdown of marriage. One point I'd like to bring in regards to marriage and discuss is many of us understand physical abuse. And unfortunately these are aspects that we have to speak about. Physical abuse in marriage is common. A man understands what is physical abuse. But many a times we oversee and overlook emotional abuse. Emotional abuse. So what is emotional abuse? Husband and wife living at home. The husband uses vulgar language. He calls the wife different names. She does something wrong to upset him. He threatens her with divorce. And he says certain things. And many a times, sometimes it constitutes a, a divorce. And sometimes it doesn't. But then when you come to the alim and the mufti to find out whether your marriage is intact, then it's too late. So, what is the guidance of Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? al-mu'minu bil-ta'an. A believer, a Muslim, he never taunts. Walal-la'an, he never curses. Walal-fahish, he is never indecent. Walal-badhi, and he never abuses. That is the quality of a believer. If we want our marriages to have peace and comfort, we have to respect the rights of others. Now, this whole Valentine's Day, this exchanging of gifts on one day, etc. Again, what does our Sharia teach us? When you give gifts, give gifts all the time. Not, do not restrict it to a certain date, to a certain time. That will create mahabba 
and that will create love between the spouses. So we even look at certain studies, they say that a lot of divorces happen on this day, and many other things have been reported. And the problem is that when we start making one day a specific day that, you know what, this is the day you must give a gift to your wife, then problems arise. Because the intention is not clean, the intention is not sincere, you are doing it to follow a custom and a practice. So, coming back to the point of emotional abuse, emotional abuse, uh, whether it is in the form of silent treatment, another term they use, gaslighting, gaslighting. What does that mean? It means, for instance, the wife calls out the husband for doing something wrong, but then the husband turns the story around to make the wife feel she is the one wrong. This is also a form of emotional abuse. And then we see in the narcissistic behavior. So the person feels he's always right, and everyone around him is always to blame. These are small things and may seem small, but they lead to major problems amongst us. And this we have to give attention to. We look in the Quran Kareem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, Inna Allah la ma hatta ma This is a problem that a man has to address or a woman has to address with herself. If I don't rectify this, it's going to make things worse later on. It's going to make things, uh, you know, it's going to create a disturbance in the marriage. And it's not just for males, but it works for both people. Whether it is males and females, both of them this advice applies to. In the Quran Kareem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, قَوْلٌ مَعْرُوفٌ وَمَغْفِرَةٌ خَيْرٌ مِنْ صَدَقَةِ يَتْبَعُهَا أَذَى Saying something nice, being kind to uh, someone, including your wife, is better than charity followed after injury. So what happens usually? person says something wrong to his wife, comes with a gift, comes with a flower, it comes with a chocolate. But then... It becomes a cycle. It becomes a cycle. The problem is not being addressed. A person has a problem, he needs to address that. The wife will accept. Things will carry on. But this is also a form of zulm. This is also a form of oppression. Remember, when you oppress someone and they are in an oppressive state, the dua doesn't go rejected. And again, to avoid all of this, ma'roof. Keep everything calm. Keep everything at peace. Even if it means foregoing your rights. Even if it means foregoing your rights. You may, you may be right, but just to keep the peace in the home, it's something small, let it go. Then rather going through the whole hassle of now finding something to, you know, satisfy the wife, etc. Stay away from all that and fulfill and focus on the rights of others. Another thing we find is that when dealing with marital issues and marital disputes, uh, at times a person uh, you know, states, I was in a state of rage, I was furious. And the wife complains, you know what, he picked up the stick or he picked up a cup or he picked up a plate to throw at me. But then the husband in his defense, he says, you know what, I didn't do any of those things. I just picked it up to scare her. Again, that is not the behavior of a Muslim. What does the hadith tell us? The hadith tells us that you should not even pick up or point a weapon, anything that will cause harm to someone, even point it to them. Your, even if your intention is not to use that, even your, if your intention is just to scare them, still do not do that. That is the direction of Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why? Because you have no guarantee that shaitan may entice you to the next step and then you'll regret 
and fall in the pits of hell. So, just to reiterate the points mentioned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with Islam. These customs and practices on Valentine's Day is not something for a Muslim to engage in. Whether it is in business or whether it is in one's family, we shun these types of practices. We come back to Islam and Shariat and we follow what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instructed us to do. When two people find each other, make nikah and uh, uh, protect themselves and keep themselves chaste. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us one and all the tawfiq to follow the advices that have been given. Inshallah, a nikah will take place now. And thereafter, a dua will take place after the salah, inshallah.